0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank.
1: Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. How you doing, Christina Dennis? I'm doing great, Damon Frank. How are you? Doing great. Halfway through the week. We're coming to the end of July. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Uh, It's been a great July with Recovered Life, though. We've tackled a lot of, I would say, important and deeper conversations that have to do with recovery.
0: Absolutely. Definitely moving it on to the next level. I think it's so important because we don't get sober to to live these kind of meager lives, right? We want to expand and we want to have a higher consciousness. I do believe sobriety is a consciousness that's something that you always say and it's important to spend our time and our focus on these kinds of conversations uh, as well as staying sober physically. Absolutely. I think, you
1: know, I think we both agree. One thing that we both agree on is coaching in is, as far as a coaching approach and recovery approach with our own recovery is that I love the group. I, I think mm-hmm. membership and like being part of right, whether it's a 12 step group or a church group or what we have in recovered life. I, it's amazing. It, mm-hmm. it really is amazing. But it's not it's not going to guarantee you long term sobriety, in my opinion. Right. It's no. not. And I think. You know, um, I think certain activities too, uh, that people do like health and fitness and everything, it, it makes their recovered life better, right? But it doesn't guarantee recovery. But if you're a seeker and -hmm. you're constantly doing the deal and tackling these and getting and staying in that consciousness that you just discussed, that is where you don't drink. Yes. Is if you can stay in that consciousness, when you're out of that consciousness, and how does that happen? By unplugging from the group and unplugging from these conversations and unwilling to have those, these conversations, that's yes. where you're in the danger zone
0: playing it safe and playing the same tape over and over again is not going to expand you. And I love today's subject, but before we get into it, because this is a very meaty subject for codependents like me, I want to thank everybody that is part of our community. Please like, share, follow grow the community, let people know that we're out here, leave us a comment so we can keep bringing information to you that you want to discuss for that next level conversation and also become part of the family. RecoveredLife.us is the community offline and it, is such a wonderful community of like-minded people that want that better life. It's completely free. It takes less than a minute for you to sign up. And once you get signed up, you get into uh, get an invitation to our private Volley community where you can ask Damon and I questions about long-term sobriety, about recovery from codependency, you know, ACOA issues. You can get to know people all over the world that are living the life and doing the deal that you're here for. Um, more seekers are out there and that's called recoveredlife.us. That's the address, go to it. It's completely free and I'd love to get to know you there. Oh,
1: please, we hope we you guys join us there. Uh, it is definitely 2.0 for sobriety. That conversation, direct access to us and access to exclusive content is what that is all about. So we hope to see you at Recovered Life. Uh, Christina, let's jump into this. Acceptance is love, approval is liking is the yes. topic of the show today. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I took this from a Recovered Life discussion that you were in where you had said this to somebody in mm-hmm. this, I think it was the setting boundaries room, yes. right? When you were talking about setting boundaries and codependency. So can you explain what that is? I mean, it sounds great and I love it. I'm like, ooh, that's deep. But what do you mean by acceptance is love, approval is liking?
0: Well, you know, it, it, I'm pretty sure in that context, we were talking about serious, committed relationships. And I think sometimes it's easier if you are a parent to understand this concept, but it's it's in every part of our life. When we have children that maybe are doing things that we don't like, we don't approve of, you know, they they – It's okay because we still love them and accept them. And so when you love and accept someone as they are right now, you're not always looking to improve them. And people can stay in relationship with people that they don't like every single thing that person does. You know, I don't like everything that's happening in my country today. I don't approve of it, but I do love it. And if you are the uh, person that's in the relationship with it, whether you're an anxious attacher or an avoidant attacher, nobody wants to feel like they're a project to their partner, right? And so it's really important to understand that when somebody finds something unacceptable, you know, or they are disproving they can still communicate that they love that person. And it's kind of this actual understanding that it's not up to us as codependents um, or people in recovery to tell other people how to live their life. We don't have to like everything somebody does, but we can still show up and have love.
1: That, you know what, that's it. You know what I like about this. And when I, when I thought about when I was in the room, we were having this discussion You know, I think a lot of the time that we say when we, when, when somebody does something that associates to our parameters, Mm -hmm. the way that we view the world. Yes. We think that that's love, but it's not. Mm. It's not. It's really when it's, it's, it's really when it it doesn't.
0: Yes. that's when we show coordinate up with, love.
1: with our values and the way in which we see things. But yet we love them anyway is what yes. this is all about. And I like this because, you know, you start to look on your life and say, hey, is my love conditional based off of what people do? And I think, you know, we talk about being the more aggressive of all the addictions is codependency. Mm-hmm. Codependency is super aggressive. Right. And people don't think that people think alcoholism is aggressive because the outward show, right? The meltdown, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But it's not really codependency, is because if you don't do things specifically like the codependent wants it, there's going to be hell to pay.
0: There is. And if you are the codependent and you believe that the only way to feel love is to have approval, you will never actually get love. That's the interesting part. That's the sucky part about being a codependent. If you're twisting yourself inside out to please somebody else, to gain their approval, because that means love to you, you're not showing up as the real you. So you'll never feel love. Because they don't know who you are. You've been doing everything based on approval. It's like the person always picks up the check. They never know for sure if this person is having lunch with them because they like them and love them or they having lunch with them because they know that they'll pick up the check. And it's really it's really pervasive. And you are right about being the partner Or the child who doesn't do anything or enough to the person that's supposed to love them unconditional to gain their approval. It is some of our biggest injuries come from our childhood and a lot of people get confused about what is abuse or what is you know I didn't I did better than my parents I never hurt my child or let's say that you were drinking with your children you know and you have this idea of, of having to make up every one of us has to come to terms with the messages the belief systems Beliefs and we need to question them. And that includes acceptance is love and approval is liking. If you go against what your true nature is to get somebody to like you, you'll never feel loved. You'll never yeah. feel seen. You well, are. I in- think
1: this is interesting because mm-hmm. deep down inside, like, you know, I think it's easier when you look at alcoholism because you mm-hmm. have the physical dependency on alcohol. Right. Right. And then you have what is really going on, you know, besides underneath that physical addiction. But it is the same thing with codependency, really, when you look at it It doesn't seem like it at first because the substance is the other person. Right. And there is something going on. It's not really there's some there's an inner dialogue with the codependent that is unnatural to the reality of the situation. That is fascinating to me because, um, deep down inside has the conversation really has nothing to do with the reality that's playing out in front of them.
0: Absolutely. And it's not just codependence. It's our world, right? Uh, it, you know, approval, uh, approval ratings, likes on Instagram, how many people are following you? These are all the measurements that we're using to feel love. But none of them are really effective because we're turning ourselves into this person that isn't necessarily us. True acceptance in the relationship department means that you accept this person with their limitations and don't always have to have them or ask them to improve for you, right? Now, the only choice that you have as a codependent or if you're in a relationship with somebody who's in active addiction, the only option that you have is really to accept that they are an alcoholic at that point and and know without a doubt that you won't live that way and you may need to move. You may need to move on. It doesn't mean that you love them any less, right? You still love them. You're just not able to stay in that circumstance. uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, of why somebody else's happiness, right? As parents, we're quite sure that we know the rules of what it's supposed to look like for our child. And it's much more important for us to accept that child exactly as they are right then.
1: Well, one of the things that I've learned in recovery over the decades of doing this and also working with others, and I know you as an interventionist, Christina, you run into this a lot. We discuss this when we're like, you know, co-coaching people Mm -hmm. is that um, I always say to the family unit, to people that are involved with people that are getting sober, the real problems begin when the alcoholic gets sober. Absolutely. You haven't seen any problems yet. When you get sober, that's when the problem That's when the problems arise. And I find it's the same thing with codependence. The the wife or the parent or the loved one or the friend who's been nagging for decades to get sober, please Mm -hmm. do it, do it, do it, all this other stuff, and have built up this codependent relationship, start to act out the most when the person actually is sober.
0: Exactly. Start to
1: do it. That's when the meltdowns start, I see within the family and that's when you see the crazy come out is mm-hmm. when is when people actually do get sober
0: Right, and they have, they have autonomy to make their own choices and make their own decision. I've seen this over and over and over again where you know parents of special needs children start getting some kind of recovery with their child and all of a sudden the child isn't as complicit, right? You still love the person, but it's not your job to approve of everybody. It is not my job to approve of my husband. It's my job to love him. And help him in the ways that he thinks he needs to be helped or help yeah. myself to take care of myself so that the two of us together can have an interdependent relationship. It's not complete independence, it's interdependence. And it's, it's so important to have these kinds of guiding North Stars whenever you decide that somebody else is unacceptable Really, what is it that they're doing? Are they really unacceptable, or do you just not like what they're doing? Do they not have your approval? They're probably it's probably the second, right?
1: Yeah, and I want to talk about after the break when we come back, Christine, I want to talk about real tangible things that you can do to move into that acceptance area, right? Because mm-hmm. I find that that codependence man just struggle with the fact that they have to accept something. That's outside of the box that they've built for the person. And we exactly. talk about this a lot with family roles. We talk about this where, you know, Hey, you've always been the screw up. You're always going to, you're, or you're always the responsible person. Yes. Or you're always this. You see this in family roles a lot. So when we get back, we're going to talk about real life things that you can do real strategies that you can do to move over to the acceptance and start to let go and to tear down that box that you have put people in. So we'll be back right after this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough 6-Week Transformation Concierge Coaching Program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get-to-know-you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about Recovery Breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us.
0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show.
1: Okay, Christina, we're talking about acceptance is love, approval is liking. I promise before we went into the break, you're going to give us some tips. We're going to jump into it. If you're this codependent and you're like, you know what? I feel really uncomfortable in this acceptance area. What Mm -hmm. do you do? What do you do, Christina?
0: Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you need to look within and see what it is that you're actually asking for that person to give you. Is it security? Is it an apology? I know a lot of people that have lived through traumatic situations stay in relationship with their neurotic or, or mentally ill parent because they still don't Accept that parent as who they are. They're still trying to get something from that person. They still believe that if they can get that person to see their wrongs, that they will somehow make them right. And you cannot go to the person that created the wrongs, you know, in the first place, due to their own probably adult children of alcoholics upbringing and ask them to heal you. You are 100% responsible for your own healing. Nobody can make up for what happened to you in the past. You know, I see this a lot in relationships where somebody has been betrayed and they move on to a new relationship, but they treat that new partner, you know, with the same kind of disdain that they treated the partner who betrayed them because they don't want to accept that it ever happened to them. Uh, They want to believe that somehow this new partner's job is to make them feel safe. They have to make themselves feel safe. They have to do the work.
1: You know, the cycle that you're talking about, and I think a lot of people that, you know, a lot of codependents will be attracted and hook up with people within their core group, mm-hmm. whether it's romantic relationships or friendships or employment relationships uh, with people who reject or people who won't give approval, right? Or people yes. who are they—they they do this, and and the codependent chases that, right? Yes. And it's this cycle, the cycle, and I think you know one of the things that's interesting with codependency is being able to just say to to, to walk away from the withholding, mm-hmm. to not worry whether there's approval or not. You know, um, changing that dynamic—that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, because it takes a lot of inner fortitude. If this is the way the dynamic of all your relationships through your life have been set up that you're chasing some sort of validation when you can let go of that, right. And let go, whether they withhold, they do, they don't, it's not really on you. It's not about you. Right. Mm -hmm. When you can get to that place that that's really kind of, I think where that real healing begins.
0: It is. And, you know, with parents, this happens a lot where they're so angry at their children for making poor decisions or rough decisions. And it's actually their fear that they want the child to be responsible for. And I've I've sat down with parents and said, it is not your son's job to make you feel safe. You have to make you feel safe. You have to be a full and whole person when you show up in this relationship. It is not your spouse's job to make up for past hurts. It is your job to get into therapy, to get a coach, to heal the trauma. And then you can show up as a whole person. It doesn't mean that that person doesn't have an understanding of what your triggers are. or They're allowed to abuse you. I'm not talking about abusive situations, but nobody wants to feel like they're being controlled. No one wants to feel like they have to turn into somebody else so that you feel okay. It's, it it causes a lot of resentment with children. It causes a lot of resentment in romantic relationships. You know, if somebody is always nervous, you're working on a team and somebody is always nervous that you're going to miss a deadline. So they call you constantly and dump on you. You know, it is, it is that employee that needs to understand that, This is a problem with them that they have to figure out. It's not up to their boss to always be telling them that they're doing a good job. It's not up to their boss to make them feel safe. They need to keep showing up. They need to grow spiritually.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely, that's it. And you know, the whole thing with the seeking of approval all the time, you know, if you're out there, if you're somebody who can't get through the day unless five people approve of what you are doing. I think that's a sign that something's not right. You know what I mean? Is Is it okay? Is it okay? Is it okay? You know, and you hear that with codependents a lot. They'll keep saying, is this okay? Is this okay with you? Is Mm -hmm. are not okay unless you're okay? And I think one of the big freedoms with recovery from codependency is the ability to be okay, even if other people are not, you know, this is, this is such a huge lesson that, that I know that I have learned is that it's okay for other people not to be okay. It you is. Know other people that doesn't it's. determine you being okay.
0: That's too much pressure for the other person, right, to always have to be okay with, you know, whatever's going on with them. I see this, you know, if your, your partner shows up and they're in a bad mood, we get disappointed and we get angry because they're in a bad mood. We don't allow them to have their feelings. We don't accept them as they are. You know, we want it to be different And being able to accept that you have this history, that even if your parents made an about face and were able to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, you still have to do your healing. It is not up to them to help you heal. You still have to do the healing. You have to accept it face it, recognize it and move on from it. And that is, is tough. A lot of people struggle with my part. You know, the 12 steps talks about focusing on your part. If you have been a true victim of abuse, you don't have a part in the abuse. Your part is when you refuse to heal on your own and you expect other people to make up for it.
1: Yeah, well, I think, I think a lot of in the healing process, there is a misconception. I think when people say approval is liking, acceptance is love, mm-hmm. is that they believe that when the person shares their feelings, that those feelings have to be right and they have to agree with them. Yes. You can still love somebody, but not agree with their choices and feelings on something. You know, Absolutely. There are many people that I know that I disagree with them about mm-hmm. a lot of things. I still love them. You know yes. what I mean? I just don't, I, I just don't, I, I just don't really, um, I accept the fact that they feel this way. And I think this is so interesting because one of the first things that you see in codependency is this enmeshment that people can't have autonomous feelings. Right. And everything be okay. Like I could choose that I like pineapple and the other mm-hmm. person could choose that they like bananas. It's not the end of the world. Right. there's enough emotional maturity there to understand that not everybody's going to think the same. This is this is huge, I think, on the path of healing and recovery and also picking people, because I think people feel that they need to pick people that agree 100 percent with what they with what they do. And that that's not that that's not realistic, you know, first of all,
0: or fun or, or fun. No, and it's not the mark of a relationship. A lot of times people will come to me and be like, we already have problems or, you know, "This we're supposed to be in our honeymoon phase. Why are we struggling? If you're showing up real with a set of experiences and your partner is showing up with a different set of experiences, it is not actually, uh, there's no reality in the fact that you two won't have problems. When you're merging lives, there's going to be a difference of opinion. There's going to be conflict, right? You guys get to decide or you you folks get to decide that there's a third option that you come to. And this is the code of behavior that we have. I will not disrespect you, even if you don't agree with me. I will still love you, even if you make a different choice in your career, and it's very dangerous to feel like you have to always get approval. And I, well, and I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say I don't want to give codependents that are feeling like they're being called out right now that the wrong idea that I think that this is something that you choose to do. Codependency is learned; it is not born. All right. There are things that happen in our childhood with our with our, you know, it could be a most idyllic birth and idyllic childhood. And another person came along and we decided to interpret an experience in a certain way. And we felt like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, they thought I was stupid or they said this negative mark about me not getting a B. I always have to get an A. We have to dispel those belief systems. And I don't want people to beat themselves up because they're seeking approval right now. I want you to know that this was the, the mode of operation that you were given. These are the rules and the rules were wrong, not you.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems to be there's also stages with this too. It's like, you know, first is the acceptance that we don't, you know, that maybe the parties don't agree. That maybe yes. there's not agreement, right? And you don't even like the choice, you don't even like the opinion or the choice, but you could still love that person. And then I think that next stage is being able to let go, whether they change their opinion or they change their activity or not, whether yes. they change and decide to get help or don't decide to get help, it's still okay with you. And I and I and I've noticed this in, in you know in the family unit um, a lot, and and that's been one of the biggest breakthroughs with codependency. I know for me, is it just being able to say and to watch this also go down as a sober coach it w- with people in the family unit to say, look, whether they decide to get sober, whether they don't decide to get sober, whether they don't like I love them, but mm-hmm. I might not agree with them and I might participate in some things and I might not depending on what I want to be able to write boundaries about yes. what I want to be able to do. But 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 the ultimate choice of whether that's going to happen isn't going healing in, in, in codependency, because you're not reliant. It's your, your whole existence isn't reliant on what the other person does.
0: Right. And those helpful hints, those, you know, I, well, if they lost 20 pounds, they would be a better partner to me, or they would have a better life. The, that is not, that is not acceptance. That is yeah. not love that is saying that who you are right now is not to my liking is not to my approval and therefore you know you need to change nobody absolutely feels that.
1: absolutely no one wants to be trapped in this codependency cycle i think you know you and i talk about that it is the ultimate black belt uh of recovery mm-hmm. is this ACOA, um this enmeshment this uh th- this codependency thing that plays out. And, you know, it's so tricky and so deep that a lot of times we don't even see it. You know, I yeah. know for me, um, it was some of several decades of recovery before I saw certain things. Sometimes I saw some things at the beginning of recovery, but was unable to deal with it because I didn't have the tools. Right. But right. more will be revealed, as they say. And I know you and I have talked about things like, we both shared experiences in our life where like wow, we didn't even see that, but it's not that might not be a totally healthy situation.
0: Yes, and and things things lose their um, their appeal after a while. That's the wrong way to say. That might have worked for you for a season. That relationship did what it needed to do for a season. And now you need a different type of person around you. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It just means that you need to move on and do something different. That right now, each other's seasons are not matching, right? And so it's really important to wear it like a loose sweater and to have that complete acceptance of yourself And that complete loving, loving, you know, uh, self love that we all really, this is our job when we show up on this earth is to learn how to love ourselves. And out of loving ourselves, we then find other people who love themselves. And then we get to create and we get to experiment and we get to be bigger and bolder people.
1: I love this. This has been such a great episode, Christina. You know, this really is the final frontier of recovery. This is it, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not just about, you know, look, we always say that uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, all the, all, these, all the addictions are not about the actual substance, about what's actually going on. And ultimately, right. it's about what's going on with how we interact with other people. So I'm so glad that we explored this. And thank you for diving in deep on this one, everybody. Look, a lot of this can be scary for people. And I know a lot of people will get into this. They'll turn it off. They'll put a pause. They'll listen to it again, right? Right. Because it's hard. It's I think it's hard to look at because it's so enmeshed in the way in which we live our life with the relationships that we have. So uh, we definitely applaud. Both of us definitely applaud you uh, for taking that journey uh, in this episode today. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Recovered Life Show. Wednesday, July 27th, 2022 is in the can. We hope that you guys live your best recovered life, and we'll see you soon.